Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those visionaries who serve our communities by delivering products and services to their customers in better ways than they could have otherwise had. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet and create the jobs that feed more families than any other organization could ever hope to. We're diving into the dynamics of what makes these organizations thrive, what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. It's good to be here today. I am David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerter. Hi there, David. Eric, good to see you. Today, we're going to be talking about objectives. What we've been doing is working through our, what we like to call dream planning framework. It's a lot like strategic planning, but we think uh, of it as dream planning because what we're really doing is trying to get down to the, the purpose. While dream planning might be almost the same as strategic planning in a lot of ways, I think it puts a better perspective on what we're trying to accomplish. So that's why we like to call it dream planning. We talked recently about vision. So, so important. We're working through the framework, which is MVOSTA, Mission, Vision, Objectives, Strategy, Tactics, and Actions. Those are in a specific order for a very specific reason. And it's because we have to really understand why we're going and where we're going before we can understand uh, how to de- develop tactics and actions that get us where we need to go. So that's why we had to cover vision first and purpose first before we could even get to objectives. And But now we're here. It's time to talk about objectives. And and so we're going to now kind of distill this, this vision that we talked about. And, you know, maybe just to use the Microsoft example that we brought up last time, Microsoft had a vision of a computer on every desk. Very grand vision. For most organizations, that would be more than a lifetime to do. Microsoft actually did it effectively. And I think if you check now, they've got a new vision. That's a lifetime. A vision is a lifetime. A vision is decades. We're now trying to bridge the gap from how do we take this lifetime? How do we take this this decades mission that we're on, this vision for what we can create through our mission How do we now start bridging the gap to what do we do? What are the actions that we take to getting us there? And so along the way, we've got objectives. Right. And David, I I was liken it to it's a it's a an onion, if you will. You're peeling back the onion Mm -hmm. so that that totally formed and complete onion is that is that vision of, of the company and where you're going. But as you peel back the layers, you get deeper and deeper into the details of that of that onion. And that's really what we're talking about doing here with the VMOSTA framework is starting at that ultimate picture of the onion, if you will, when it's complete. And we're just constantly peeling that back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, Eric, let's let's just for the benefit of, of people listening, maybe could you kind of put some definitions around this? So someone says, great, I'm on board. I got my vision. You guys are telling me I need to have objectives. I'm ready. I'm going to make my objectives. What do I do? There's some exercises that that you can do to go through this. But the the main thing is, is these objectives. And I I like to always think in threes because I think if you 
if you go beyond threes, it just becomes overwhelming oftentimes for you, for the team. What are those three key objectives that are necessary for the overall success of the of the company? For In order for that vision to come alive, what are those three must-haves objectives that are, are needed in order to accomplish? These are the things that if these things don't happen, that there's no way that that, that vision, that mission will never become reality. Fruition. It'll never right. become reality. It's a key to to get honed in on what those three key objectives are. And and what time frame would you put around an objective? How far out are we looking? Generally speaking, this is this is something you could like. It's, it's not going to happen within a year's time frame or, you know, at minimum is a year's time frame, but it's one to three years. Some have, have gone out as, as long as five, but I think generally speaking, we should be thinking in that one to three year time frame. Mm-hmm. Because now I think if, if, if you're in an organization that may be going through some, some current struggles and, you know, things of that nature, that might be a little bit shorter because there may be like, oh my goodness, we have a major cash flow problem. If we don't resolve this, the company is going to die on the vine type of right. thing. But for the most part, outside of those examples, it would be that one to three year time frame. I think it's a good framing of that. Gotcha. And and you mentioned three objectives. And you know, I know we talked earlier about this. So we should probably talk a little bit about why three? Why not four? Why not seven? <laughs> I mean, for me personally, it's just becomes what is your ability to effectively manage? I think if you keep broadening it out too much, you're starting to get down into more of the minutiae. You peel back the onion a little bit more, so to speak. And I think or, or the tendency is to onions. start, you start, you start, yeah. Or you get, yeah, like yeah, you're, you're starting a whole other onion potentially. And, and I've seen that and we've seen that at times, particularly uh, maybe a new business line or something like that. Mm-hmm. People may be thinking about. It's really more an, an issue of keeping the, you and the team focused and not going too broad and not chasing too many shiny objects, if you will. And, and I, I've thought about, the why three objectives. And this is actually, it sounds like a simple answer, but it really is, can be tempted to say, oh, but we've got these other things. And next thing you know, there's a list of six or seven. And why can't we tackle all these, right? We're all smart people. We, we've got plenty of bandwidth. We can, we can do this. This is how humans function, right? When we, the, every time we add to what we're focusing on, we focus on everything that we're focusing on less. So we end up increasing the risk that none of this stuff gets done. And we've seen this before. Organizations have seven key priorities and really what they have is zero key priorities because a year later, none of them have happened. And so what I like to say to an organization is that force yourself to pick three. You can lay out seven or 10, but then we need to say, you know, what are we really trying to do here? And I think this is going to tie a lot into strategy, which we'll talk about next, but, but, what are we really working on here? What do we really need to accomplish? And then if, if there's a fourth and a fifth that are really compelling, then, okay, let's hurry up and get one, two, and three done. And then four can be number three, right? right. And then and then we can move them in. Well, or sometimes if, if we really think about it, you know, again, with that idea of peeling back the onion, sometimes those other four, five, what we think are objectives may actually be more tactical things mm-hmm. that need to be done that become 
in support of those objectives. Right. Right. And so as you start going down through that process, continuing on peeling back the onion, you may see that those things resurface, if you will, but more at the tactical level instead of at the overarching objective level. So, so that's a good point that we should probably articulate a bit is that, you know, we're talking about objectives, which are one to three years out versus what we'll talk about later when we get to tactics and actions, which we hear about things like rocks, 90 day milestones. You'll hear people using different, different terms for these things, but they're effectively, you know, 90 day tactics. That's not what we're talking about now. That's correct. We're talking about objectives. And if you think about in our, our, a strategic framework here, we're still pre-strategy. We're talking about the objectives that need to happen to make the vision come to fruition. We're not yet talking about how the strategy, which is going to inform the how. <laughs> and it's only after that can we start creating and executing on objectives that, that fall within this framework. Correct. Should we talk a little bit about accountability when it comes to objectives? I know that's going to be really big in tactics and actions, but do we also want to bring in accountability at the objectives level. You always do, because I think, you know, the, the, the framing in this whole process always needs to be wherever we can, we need to use the smart tactic, if you will, on making things measurable and time sensitive and accountable. So I would say, though, when it comes to the objectives, because then you're, you're talking about at the highest level of the organization, these key things key sectors that have to get accomplished in order for that vision mission to come alive. That's when, if you don't have executives in, in the company besides yourself as an owner, then all of those are really falling on you as accountable and, and, and the person responsible. But generally in those organizations where there are other executive or senior team folks, you should have one senior team member, mm-hmm. not three, not two, not seven, uh, and, one member who is assigned that accountability to make that happen and give them the overarching authority, if you will, to execute as that moves forward. Absolutely. And and I think we should probably dive into that one, just like we did on the three, right? So why one? Why not two? Because <laughs> I've seen so many times we say, you know, an organization will say, okay, here's our objective. This is what we need to go accomplish. We're all responsible. Sally and Bob, it's up to you, right? <laughs> you you all make that happen. Yeah. And in practice, we know that when more than one person's accountable, nobody's accountable. No one's accountable. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> right? And it won't happen. So there always needs to be an accountable party. Not Sally and Bob, it's Sally. That's right. <laughs> that and it doesn't mean and we're gonna dive much deeper into that when we get to tactics and actions, because this principle applies there as well, or maybe even more. But I think it's worth saying here when we're talking about objectives, because when an organization is laying out their objectives, they need to assign this accountability. And it doesn't mean that Sally has to do all of the work. No. Sally's, she may do a lot of the work. She might do half of the work. She may do, she may do, do, she may do none of the actual, of the work, right. Uh, you know, right. But when it comes to a year later, have we accomplished this? Sally is the one accountable. Sally's the one who has to answer the organization and say, Here's why we did it, or here's why we didn't, and here's why, right? right. Sally's right. job is to make this thing happen. Right. 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 Especially at an executive or management level, yeah. that becomes part of your job. Right. right. And just, just to kind of give the audience, you know, a little teaser, so to speak, of how this continues to roll out, is, is that 
ultimately through this dream planning process, you, you develop basically a mechanism of working through on a regular basis and communicating across your organization. Remember, here's our vision. Remember, here are our key objectives. Here are those tactical things. And as we're maybe having issues with timing, resources, things of that nature, we're able to then bring that to the whole team and work collaboratively around clearing those roadblocks to make these things happen. That's really what the the ultimate objective of this planning is for. Absolutely. And so let's just get, I guess, a little bit practical now for someone listening to this and saying, great, I'm on board. What do I do? I want to get my team together and we're going to make these objectives. What does it look like? Who should be in the room making the objectives? How long does this take? I mean, you can you can do this in in, a, in one session, I think, very easily, uh, as far as who needs to be in there. Clearly, if you've got a senior team, at a minimum, it, mm-hmm. it should be the senior team. Mm-hmm. Beyond that senior team, you've kind of got that next in line for each one of those senior members. A, a lot of times, just getting that one next level of input is good because it's also from an organizational planning perspective, you're giving those those people that you're kind of have your sights on that could be future leaders in your organization. You're giving them an opportunity and exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're also inviting them into that process of input because so oftentimes those individuals may have insights that somebody from your senior team may not have, or you as a business owner, you may not have some of those insights because there's somebody out who's doing it day in and day out that might be able to to provide some some greater input, if you will, into that process of identifying. So at a minimum, your senior team, you probably oftentimes, if you've got the ability to facilitate it, go one one step level, but in, yeah. in one session, in one day. You know, facilitate it. You mean like an external facilitator? It can be. And oftentimes it is. And oftentimes it's probably better because, you know, what I've always found is that when you've got somebody from the team, that person might have some great insights and everything. But if they're caught up into the facilitation process, then they're not able to really fully participate or they're a little bit bifurcated in that. I think whenever you can, if you have an administrative person who can do that, that's maybe not part of that process, that would be fine from an internal perspective. But if not, having somebody outside is is always a good option. And we should probably talk about facilitation in general, not just for objectives, but for all of these that we're talking about, creating the mission as objectives, especially next time we're going to talk about strategy. It's It's even more important there. But certainly I've run into organizations before say, okay, I get this. We can self implement. The answer is you might be able to, but <laughs> there's a but. And in my experience, just like you said, when an organization tries to self-implement, whoever is facilitated, it turns out facilitation, there's a skill set to it. Yeah. If you've got someone on the team who is not a good facilitator, we just say, hey, Bob, you do it, right? <laughs> well, Bob's probably biased, right? Bob has is part of the organization ever just by definition or not by definition, but by practice, people become on the team become myopic, right? So the benefit of a facilitator is it's a third party. They're pretty good at asking critical questions at not trying to lead the witness the wrong way, right? But trying <laughs> to just ask critical questions to draw the wisdom out of the organization. This is a, someone who's often just not biased. So someone who can really often see things. And we've seen this so many times. I know when I've done this with organizations before, I've been able to say, 
well, hang on, you all just told me that this was the most important thing to work on in your vision. And now you're all saying that now this objective is going to be X, but it seems like X doesn't have anything to do with the vision you just came up with. (laughs) What's going on here, right? And it doesn't mean that I'm right or wrong in bringing that up or that they're right or wrong, but suddenly we've identified some things. Okay, did we not get the vision exactly right? Or are we now talking about an objective that we don't need to have? Right. And, and it's that's something that a facilitator often, I think, can help filter through much better because all of us, when I'm I get myopic, when I'm in the organization that I'm most embedded with, right, we all lose that that outside perspective. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think oftentimes, you know, having that that outside person as a facilitator mm-hmm. is, is always best. So and then just maybe another thought on who should be in the room. You know, I agree you need the senior management there and and it's a bit of a balance and I've I've personally found that there's no right answer it can it can vary by organization here. Yeah. If you have every single person on the team in the room, like you've got 100 employees and they're all there, this isn't going to go very well. Uh you know, it's it's 100 people trying to give opinions and it's nothing gets decided. Mm-hmm. But we do also need a way to include the voices of the people who are on the the front lines <laughs> with the customers, right? Uh, you know, so so there needs to be. I, I think it's a it's a purposeful exercise. It's a purposeful pre work before an objectives session to say who's going to be there, and 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 all of this whole strategic dream planning is who's who's on who's the right people in the room to make this happen. And I certainly, it's not only the owner, that's not the right answer. And it's certainly not all of the whole, all employees, that's not the right answer either, but it's who are the right decision makers and stakeholders who also fully understand yeah. what's actually going on, yeah. you know, with the frontline interactions with the customers. No, no, you're, you're right. It's always fun in the balance. And I think a lot, you know, a, a business owner is going to know their organization and can help to make that decision depending on how effective is the communications within the organization. For some, you know, the business owners having regularly meetings with the whole employee group and kind of just talking about where the company is, where it's going, things of that nature. When the communication is good, I think it's a lot easier to to really get the right sweet spot of, uh, of who the participants should be. Mm-hmm. Because there's an identification, there's also a, an understanding of who your leaders are, mm-hmm. not only at your senior leader level, but you know, who, who are those people that you know, the organization and the folks who are coming in doing the work day to day, who are they looking up to? You know, it's, it's kind of an intuitive process, if you will. And I think inviting those people into that process, if, if there's a respect within the organization that those people are good thought leaders and, and, and have that leadership quality, so to speak, it's kind of natural to draw those into them uh, and because people are going to respect the fact that they are participating in the process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so I think kind of as we as we wrap this up, putting objectives, let's let's think about where it falls in, in the framework here. Mission and vision, the M and the V, were very qualitative, very not quantitative. And the me of 20 years ago as an engineer would have probably laughed you out of the room if you tried to make me do this exercise because I would have said, this is a waste of my time. 
Right, today, I understand it is actually the best use of my time to, to make sure that those are sound before diving in. But so objectives, we're, we're getting a little bit quantitative. We're, we're coming out of the complete aspirational, inspirational world and getting into who's going to do what. Right? And we're, so we're starting to get a little bit more concrete here with objectives. Yeah, yeah and, and not as much who's going to do what, but what does the company have to accomplish in order for this vision to accomplish? Right. So you're, you're peeling back the onion again to, to get back to that analogy. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just you're getting a little bit more objective in identifying that vision. Hence objectives. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so what we're, fir- we're finally starting to put down on paper and accountability, we're, we're refining a little bit. Yes. When we get to strategy next time, we're going to be qualitative again. But strategy to me is so, so important. It's, and it's, it's often the most missed piece that I see organizations do. So just to give a little preview for people, for what we're going to talk about next time. To me, I see strategy as the most missed P. I've seen organizations go through objectives, tactics, actions, even vision objective, tactic, actions, and skip strategy to very much their demise. Because strategy is what's going to take us from, help differentiate us from an organization with a compelling competitive advantage, sustainable competitive advantage, which sets us on a course to scale and, and really emerge from our peers versus an organization that, you know, digresses to commodity status and is constantly having price battles and losing them. <laughs> so that's going to be super important. And then only after we do that, and this, can we talk about tactics and actions? Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't want to make it seem like, oh my, because I know the temptation often for a lot of business owners and managers to jump right to the tactics and actions. Want to sit in our planning meetings, say, Sally, you call customer A because we haven't heard from them in a while. And Bob, you get the ads out on the billboards, right? Very tactical things. It's always a temptation. We have those temptations too that we have to, <laughs> we live have to fight, even day, though yeah. we often preach something different. And so it's a temptation for everyone, but it's not like we've got to go through six months of planning before we can get the tactics and actions. We can go through, but we do need to make sure we go through mission, vision, objective, strategy, and then get to tactics and actions. Really important there, I guess, to just highlight, underscore the importance of all this, the order of it all. And then when we do get the tactics and actions, it's going to have so much more meaning. And our tactics won't be gimmicks. They will be compelling things that lead us toward our vision, lead us toward creating value for our customers, our employees, all of our stakeholders in a meaningful way that makes all of us more successful. Amen. Couldn't have said it better. So with that, we'll, we'll wrap up. Pick this up again next time with strategy.